Well, hey friends, welcome to What's the Bible Say, where we share biblical answers for today's questions. I'm Stephanie. I'm here with my co-host, Rebecca, and we are super excited to dive into week three of our Advent series as we talk about joy. Now, in our previous two episodes, we've talked about like the first candle, which was hope, the second candle, which was peace, and today we come to the third candle. Typically, it's pink. And it symbolizes joy. My favorite color. <laughs> yeah, different colors. Got to be a little bit different. But it symbolizes joy, which is like, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Well, yeah, so that kind of joy. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Not I love that, that song. Not that yeah. kind of joy. I used to sing that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah. Okay. But I, I am so glad that joy is one of our topics for Advent. I love that. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. Joy is something that I personally struggle with. Mm. I don't struggle with hope or peace. I have those. I mean, I've experienced some, you know, difficult circumstances. And since God's hope and God's peace, like, you know, like it's tangible. Mm-hmm. But joy sometimes seems super elusive for me. And I don't know if it's because um, I am a goofy girl. I laugh all the time. But yes, I, also, I will attest to that. <laughs> but I'm also kind of super serious about the way I approach life. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't let myself experience that joy yeah. or like set myself free enough to walk in that joy. You know, right. I've had those moments of joy, but this is different than walking in it. I want mm-hmm. some walking in that joy stuff. Yeah, going that's on. a really good point. And Stephanie, you're not alone. In fact, it is noted that while Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, mm-hmm. it's also well documented that it is actually the most depressing holiday. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that because it can be a difficult time of year for a lot of people. You know, our schedules are so hectic. Um, if you're struggling with financial loss that or financial lack, that time is really magnified mm-hmm. in our lives during this season. If you have a loss of a relationship or a conflict in a relationship and people that normally, you know, you can love them from a distance. Yeah. Oftentimes during the holidays, you're thrust in the same room together and all of those things can help make us not want to walk in joy. <laughs> that can sap your joy pretty fast, yes. I'm sure. And so we need to know what God says about it because it can easily be a struggle like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, God does have a lot to say about it. And I'm so glad he does. And you know, there's in scripture, the various forms of the word joy, joy, rejoice, rejoicing. It's used in scripture almost 600 times. So I think biblically, joy is a pretty big deal for us. a lot. Yeah, I guess so. And so I need me some joy. Maybe you're listening today and you need you some joy. So we're going to dive in and we're going to find out what's the Bible say why it matters, and how we can apply it to our lives. Mm, yeah, that's good. You know, I, I was thinking, when I was thinking about the word joy, there were some questions that naturally came to me. Like, first of all, is joy is joy a choice? Mm-hmm. Is joy a byproduct of something? Is joy a command? Or is it elements of all of them together? So hopefully we can figure some of that out. (laughs) I do know like joy is listed in the fruit of the spirit. So it's like the second one, love, joy, peace, long suffering, all of those. So I know that it it must be a byproduct of being filled with the spirit. And we'll get more into that a little bit later. But let's start with the definition of joy because joy can mean different things to different people. So let's make sure we're all on the same page and know what we're talking about when we're referring to joy. So, yeah, good, good idea. So 
So joy is more than that fleeting feeling. Like you said, it can be a lot of things, a lot of people. It's not a fleeting feeling. It's a, a deeper sense of this inner well-being. It's a it's a peaceful contentment that that makes your heart smile, you know, and the world's going crazy regardless of the circumstances. But biblically, if you look at what the Bible definition is for it, it's to be glad, to delight, or to be merry. And joy is an important part of the Christian experience. That's why I want me some joy, because it's important for us to know ours. But first, we need to understand what it is, and then we need to understand um, how to get it. And then we need to be very careful not to mistake joy for happiness. Mm, and good. Yeah. I want to give you a super simple illustration of the difference between joy and happiness. So when my my older son was younger, he had a certain class that he really struggled with, mm. and he worked really hard trying to, to you know, learn and study, and we tried to help him with study habits and everything. And then when the report card came out, he got a B in that class, and we were super happy about that. Mm. But we had this deep inner joy about knowing how hard he grade. So I think that you know happiness is more about the event or the circumstances where joy is the the it's deeper it's like the why behind the what oh I like that yeah it's the why yeah. behind the what the motivation for it maybe the significance of it or even mm -hmm. the um impending results you know the expectation of what might happen as a result of something and and joy is something that we all can have as Christians you know it, and it's not just because of the circumstances that we're going through mm -hmm. but in spite of them oftentimes mm -hmm. and there's passages about joy like Psalm um, 6, verse 12, or 61, verse 2, I'm sorry, which says, shout for joy. And I just got to say right there, when was the last time you literally shouted for joy, for anything, but let alone to God? Mm. I mean, it's not, it's not, have you ever done it? I don't know if I've done that. Okay, so here's an assignment for all of us. You know, I, it, I tried this once and it felt odd. It really did. But go in your backyard or go to the ocean or get in your car and think of something that God has done for you that's super great, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then shout as loud yes. as you can, thank you, or yes, just try it. Because that's really what the Bible says, shout for joy to God. And also... It doesn't just say to shout for joy, but Psalm 81.1 says, Sing for joy to God, our strength. And then Philippians 4.4, 4, you've probably heard this verse. It says, Rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, and sometimes joy comes easy, right? Yes. When life is sweet and things are going good, joy seems to be that natural overflow of our mm -hmm. lives. Yeah, but... which kind of reminds me, like in Luke 2, 10, when the angels were announcing that Christ was mm -hmm. born, that was an easy time. It says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, remember the Magi when they saw the star in the east? And that signified that where the Messiah was going to be born. And so the Bible says they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. So great joy that they had over Jesus coming to this planet to save us for our sins. So sometimes there are things that we're just going to be joyful about, like Jesus coming. To yes, and also when Jesus comes back again, that's yes. going to be another very easy time to be joyful because we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. So there Absolutely, and, and um, joy can sometimes be easy but joy can also sometimes be a sacrifice you know because mm -hmm. the bible says in psalm 27 26 
it describes joy as a sacrifice of joy. And I remember this in particular in a circumstance in my life when um, I had gotten saved, my husband was not saved. Mm -hmm. And he, he got really upset. He had been drinking a lot. Um, <laughs> my pastor husband used to be an alcoholic. If you didn't know, Jesus delivered him from all of that. But anyway, he had gotten drunk. And he left me, and I went running into the bedroom, and I got down on my knees, and I started, I started crying. I said, Lord, I don't know how this is going to turn out. This hurts like crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to stay, if he's going to leave, but I trust you. And I got up, and I had experienced this peace, this joy just mm -hmm. overflowing. And mm -hmm. the next thing I know, he'd come to my door, you know, come back to the door just a little bit later. But that joy, I'll never forget that. Wow. Yeah, that is that is such an encouraging testimony. Yeah, but it was a sure. sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Like I, do, I was choosing God in the midst of it, yeah. and and I never understood sacrifice of joy till that moment. That's really good. Which I guess kind of goes back to my questions in the beginning of is joy a choice? I guess that tells us that there is an element of choice yeah. because it's a sacrifice, which means we can choose to give it or not. Mm -hmm. And I I love this too that God does not expect us to sweep all of our pain under the rug and act like it didn't happen. But he offers us, like, he's not supposed to say, just buck up, Stephanie, yeah. get, get over it, you know, whatever. He doesn't ask us to do that, but he can give us joy in the midst. Because when you got up, you didn't know what yeah. was going to happen. But in the midst of that, he was able to give you joy. Yeah. Which is to James 2. Uh, James 2, 1, where it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, um, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And I love that passage because so many people misquote that. It, mm. It's not joy. What you're going through is not joyful. That's right. Now, your trial, your temptation, that challenge, that storm, whatever you're facing right now, it may not be so joyful. The joy comes from knowing that whatever it is you're going through, mm. that God is going to, Romans eight twenty eight that thing, and he's going to work <laughs> everything together for your good. He is the master weaver. He is at work behind the scenes of your life, weaving together something beautiful out of the ashes of whatever it is you're going through right now. And so that's the knowing that part, you know, count it that's all joy good. because you know that Romans 8, 28 is true for you. Yeah. Which is really, when you think about it, it's such a great mystery, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. make sense that that somehow I can have joy in the midst of suffering. And, I, you know, I was thinking about this. Like, why is that true? And I think one of the reasons could be because when you're suffering, all of the shallow kind of strips away. Mm. I, it was, I was thinking about when I leave my home. And I didn't really know where I was going. I could only take five outfits, just enough for every day for work. And I was rid of all this. When I finally got settled to where I was going to be, had this overwhelming joy, mm. even though I was losing everything. But it was just knowing that Jesus was with me. And, you know, there was an element of simplicity of just the five outfits, just what I needed at the time. That was something that just helped me to understand what was truly important. Like mm -hmm. all that stuff didn't really matter. Yeah. And there was so much joy from that. Yes. That you experienced, you know. And I can't explain it. I think about Psalm 94, 19, which is kind of goes along with what you just said. When anxiety is great within me, your consolations or your comforts brought me joy. And that's that's what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go through things when, when I was in, on my knees praying 
and that anxiety was great. It was his comfort that brought me joy. You know, yeah. when you were standing there with, you know, five you shirts or whatever. Outfits. Yeah. And it was God's presence that. Yeah, his presence. So, you know, it's God alone who can bring joy. It's the, he's the one who gives us the consolation, the comfort and soothes our hearts mm-hmm. so that we can experience joy no matter what we're going through. You know, I think about um, when I was a little girl, I, I love whenever I was afraid or I was going through something, I would go to my daddy. I love to jump mm-hmm. up on his lap, you know, and he would kind of pull me in close and tight, like, you know, to his chest and, and just being in his presence. I could feel his strength. I could feel his presence and I could, I could feel his love and his protection surrounding me. And it gave me such a sense of joy. And I just knew like everything was all right with the world yeah. because he had me, yeah. you know, and reminds me of Sam Storms. He wrote in his book, Pleasures Evermore. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. Kind of mm. like what you just said. It's, yeah. it's him. It's him being present. That's right. He's and I, I was blessed to have a dad like that too. <clears throat> I'm really thankful. All of that reminds me of Psalm um, 1611. And this was a, this was one of my favorite verses. And whenever I taught school, especially in high school, I always would put this verse on my wall. And it says, you will make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. His presence, John 15, um, 11, it talks about how we're to abide in Christ, abide in his presence. We're to let his word abide in us. We're to abide in his love. And then it goes on to say that the reason Jesus says, the reason I told you all this is that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full, overflowing, you know, to the abundance. So I have a question for you. Are you longing for that joy unspeakable that won't go away? That's a song, by the way. Um, Then run to him and bask in his presence and experience the joy that is already ours as Christians. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So why does having joy even matter for us? I think joy is important. You know, I can live with hope and peace, but that joy is like that, that little missing cherry on top or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you have joy, first you know where it comes from. It comes from God, and it gives you that sense of His presence, and and you know how to get it. And when you get it, it's like a game changer in your attitude and your perspective, really in our whole lives. Psalm, um, excuse me, Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, "A joyful heart does good like medicine." And then Nehemiah eight ten says, "The joy of our the Lord is our strength." So we it changes us. It it makes yeah, us it gives us. Makes us healthy and makes us strong. That's but, one reason for yeah, having and it change our perspective about life. You know, like when you saw things differently, right. when you were with those few outfits, right? And right. when I was got up from praying, we yeah. saw. You know, we had the joy. We saw things differently. Right. Our perspective had changed. So, how are we going to apply these things to our lives about joy? I just want to go back to the verse in James that talked about counting it all joy Mm -hmm. because, you know, really, how do you do that? Because like you said, it's not happy what you're going through. It's not joyful what you're experiencing. And I want to give you a super practical thing. And actually this, the answer may shock you on what I would recommend to do. And here it is right here to lament. I think that is the first step to bringing joy Stephanie didn't jump up and go, yay, woohoo. She lamented first. Mm-hmm. She got before God and she lamented. And lament means to mourn. It is it is a great sorrow of loss, disappointment, or guilt. 
And there are so many verses that tell us to pour out our hearts to God. Psalm 62.8 says, pour out your hearts to him. He's not asking us to act like it didn't happen. And, you know, honestly, I just did that this week. Mm. I I know we all have them, these lifelong hurts that um, they're like thorns in our flesh. They're not going to go away. We've begged God for them to creep up out of nowhere. That's right. And we, you know, we've dealt with them. We've experienced his grace, but sometimes something will just trigger and it will send us right back or remind us of the loss that we have. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Lord can give you grace, but sometimes here they come again. And here is a great quote that I love about lament. So it says, lament gives voice to both our grief and our guilt. Like an open wound, neglect and disregard puts you at even a greater risk for infection and scarring, Mm. even death. When we don't give it voice, grief festers, ultimately consuming us with misery. But when we acknowledge our sorrows in the presence of the Savior, healing begins. And here's the second part. The practice of lament not only allows us to identify and name our grief, but it also directs us to the source of our hope. Mm. Our grief and guilt can find redemption only when we turn to the one who holds the power and the authority to redeem. Yeah. That, those quotes were mm-hmm. from Michelle Kashat's book, A Faith That Will Not Fail, which is very good, by the way. But it's so true because when I pour out my heart to God, I come to the cross. And at the cross, I am reminded of God's character. I'm reminded of the hope and the peace that he gives of his sovereignty Uh, And ultimately, then joy will return because I come to the cross with my sorrow, Mm -hmm. but I leave the cross with him and with that joy because he knows me. And with his joy. He loves me. And I know that he has my best interest in mind. Yes. With his joy. Yes. So here's a little exercise for you. First of all, give yourself permission to name your griefs Mm -hmm. and your heartaches. Get you a pen and paper. Go out somewhere quiet you know, in your car or on the porch and actually list them in a bullet list Mm -hmm. and then take those things to the cross and then watch God start to heal your heart. Because here's the thing that you and I can know completely that God will never, ever waste any kind of trial or hardship that we can have joy because of what we know eventually we will gain. We don't know when and we don't know how, but we can rest assured that he's got it. Yeah. And he's going to take care of us for our good. Yes. So wh- where else do we go from here, Stephanie? What's another well, I way think we can apply? We don't want to miss the second part of it, it, which is kind of what you just said a little bit, but abide in Christ. Mm. Just abide in him. Let his word abide in you and abide in his love. Like mm. John 15 tells us, you know, if you're listening today and your heart is hurting or maybe joy has been elusive, it doesn't have to be. Run to your daddy's arms. Mm. Pour out your heart to the Lord. Ask him to give you the joy, give you his joy, so that you can experience that that peace, that hope, that joy that you so desperately need. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And if you know someone who could use a little joy, then please, by all means, share this podcast with them. And as new podcasters dedicated to sharing the truth of God in a world that's inundated with lies, we would be super thankful if you could help us to launch this podcast well by three ways. First of all, just subscribe to the podcast and also on the YouTube channel. Um, Leave a review. That is super, super helpful to us. And then, of course, 
share the podcast. All of those things really help us to get the word out. And also, we would love to connect with you. You can find us on our Facebook page at uh, What's the Bible Saint Podcast. And of course, our, our website, if you haven't gone there yet, check it out. We have free resources there. And uh, you can find us all of our links on our website as well at whatsthebiblesay.org. But until next time, just remember Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm.